Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 22, the season finale, Exodus. It's nice to be back at it after a week It is. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy Holidays, everybody. I hope the New Year's treating you well so far, five five days in. (laughs) I hope we're all doing okay. (laughs) Three days in, it's the third. Well, this will come out on the 5th. People will hear it two days from now. So. Do you want to say that again and cut it again? No, this is, I'm leaving this in because this is great. Because <laughs> I don't know what day it is. <laughs> it's okay. It's only All right. All right. It's, a, it's a little peek behind the curtain for our listeners. So. Oh, that we record early, that it's not live, but it's posted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I knew that, but. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I'm quiet now. <laughs> All right. Well. So with the new year, we do have a bit of news, as was mentioned in the last episode. Uh, SG-1 and Atlantis are no longer on Amazon, but for some reason, Universe still is. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. The worst one? It's probably because nobody wants it. I don't know. It's weird. Um, So I think the sort of the speculation I mentioned last time about Stargate going to the rebranded Epic's streaming service, which is going to be like MGM Plus, I think, or something like that, that's launching later this month. I'm, I'm going to bet on that that's what's happening. Maybe not right away. I don't know. But I'm guessing at some point Stargate will be up there. However, yeah. it is available to stream on Pluto TV, which is a free streaming service, which does mean it has commercials. But I watched this week's episode on there just to see what it was like. And the commercials are like where the commercial breaks would be like when it was airing in syndication. So it didn't feel disruptive or like too long or anything. So if you're feeling lazy and don't want to break out DVDs, you can sign up for Pluto TV and it's there. All right. I'm going to see if I even have that. I broke out my DVDs. Dust them off. (laughs) Oh, also Atlantis is still on Hulu. So stuff's kind of all over the place. For the moment, but maybe that contract isn't up quite yet. Yeah, I imagine it probably will be soon. But yeah, yeah. So that so that that's where we are as far as where uh, you can find Stargate to stream online. So to maintain continuity with us watching. Yes. Because although Carrie describes the episodes quite well, it's more fun if you also watch them. Yes. And of course, you know, it's always available. It, you know, you can buy the seasons on like iTunes and stuff like that. And also, again, check your local libraries. They may have the DVDs for you. Yeah. Which is great. So, yeah. 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 So. Okay. So that's where we are on that. We'll all figure so we, it out together. Yes. All right. Should we get to the final episode of season four? Uh, yes. Let's do it. Okay. So this originally aired on February 23rd, 2001. It was written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully, directed by David Worry Smith. And on the commentary, we had Joseph Malazzi, Jim Menard, director of photography, and James Titchener, visual effects supervisor. And in this episode, SG-1 helps to evacuate the Tok'ra to a new base, but matters are complicated when a spy reveals their location to Apophis. The team attempts a daring plan to take out the Gould's powerful fleet. I do love... I do love some of the moments in this show that are very, like, just the way that the lines are. I guess we'll just talk about it when we get to it. Yeah. But I liked it. I like this episode a lot. Me too. This is a very good season finale. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good episode in general, but it's definitely a good, like, finale episode. Yeah. 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 And, um, like, in, in the commentary, one of the things Joe mentioned was, like, as he and Paul were sort of, like, breaking the story and getting into writing the script, they're like, can we do this? Because, like, talk about specifically sort of visual effects-wise, like, we want a shot of ships doing this or whatever. And they were probably like, yeah, probably not, because it's going to be expensive. But apparently Brad Wright was always like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds cool. So everybody was, like, all in on, like, trying to make this, like, as cool and epic as possible, which was great to hear. So Yeah, everybody was all in. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay, so this episode, we actually start with some flashbacks from various episodes to make sure we're all up to speed with, like, the Tok'ra and who Tanith is and where we left off with Apophis and also what happened with Cronus just uh, last week, the week before, in Double Jeopardy. Anyway, you know, catching everybody up so we know where we are when things kick off this week. And so this episode kicks off on Vorash in the Tok'ra tunnels, where Tok'ra are kind of hurrying about and seem to be maybe, like, evacuating or something, um, and we come upon Tanith, who asks one of the Tok'ra what's going on, and she tells him that a mothership has appeared in orbit, to which Tanith is like, well, we need to evacuate, and, like, as they're having this conversation, they're continuing through the Tok'ra tunnels, and they end up at, like, where the ring transporter is, and the other female is like, that's okay, it's been expected, because the rings activate, and it's SG-1 with Jacob! They were the ones what? in the mothership! What? Yay! Surprise! Yay! Surprised expressions all around, yes. except for everyone that knew they were coming. Which is everybody but Tanith. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So we come back from the opening credits, and we learn that, like, the Tok'ra, like, are still playing Tanith as the whole double agent thing, because they didn't tell him that SG-1 were coming in Cronus's ship. And we also learn that Hammond ordered SG-1 to land Cronus's mothership to the Tok'ra for this evacuation thing. So, like, they are actually evacuating. That's not, like, a ruse or anything. Um, And so they are evacuating to then take the gate to another planet that doesn't have a gate on it, which should helpfully, like, protect them further from any Gould attacks or, like, the Gould being able to find them because they won't be on any of the existing, like, Stargate charts that anybody has, if that's the thing that the Gould have. I don't know. Um, So... How do you think they would determine what their new gate address would be? Is it the same one as before, or how does that change? No, so that would change because the the gate address depends on the constellations right. that you know intersect in the cube around it. So math would be involved <laughs> somehow. I'm sure. Math. math. The answer is math. The answer is math somehow. Uh, <laughs> um. So, you know, but the Tok'ra seem, seem smart, and I'm sure they can figure that out, so. Right. And they do also have something in mind uh, for Tanith during this whole thing. So, uh, in the council room, they finally let Tanith know the evacuation plans, and then they also let him know that he's a spy, that they know he's a spy for Apophis. I love when they do <laughs> reveals like that, of, like, you could tell which character really wanted to, like, drive it home of, like, ha-ha, we knew about you the whole time. And, of course, they had to give it to Tilk because, yes. Yes. Yeah. So he, you know, Tan is, of course, like, this is ridiculous. Bye. And tries to leave. But, you know, he gets stopped and basically taken into custody because, duh. So then we cut to uh, sometime later and Tilk basically goes to visit Tanith and give him his sentence, which Tanith thinks will be death. But no, that would be that would be too easy. Uh, they will remove the symbiote from the host 
leave the symbiote behind when they evacuate Vorash. So they're just going to leave the little snake alone on the planet. So, but, you know, it's a way to save the host because the host, you know, is innocent in this whole thing. So I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, Tilk also brags to Tanith that because of the dis- the disinformation they let him give to Apophis, like, Toker agents were able to move a lot more freely within the Gould hierarchy and then, like, rescue a lot of their operatives because, you know, they were telling Apophis they were somewhere else when they were actually over there kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh Tanis tries to provoke Tilk into killing him, like, right there and then by gloating about tilling, killing Shawnok. But Tilk is like, nope, not going to do it. And Tanis then tries the whole, I'm more valuable alive than dead thing, which, no, no. <laughs> it's no. funny, I watched that myself, and I was like, I heard him say that, and I had the reaction of, mm, are you? No. no. And then Tilk agreed. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I have to say, though, this scene, like, Chris and Peter Wingfield are very good together. Like, playing yes. opposite, like, the loathing and hatred is, like, palpable between these two characters. It's yes. so good. So yes. good. Mm-hmm. We then get uh, Jack and Jacob up on the mothership as we see Tokra is, like, getting stuff on board and sort of moving in, if you will. And Jacob tries to convince Jack to let the Tokra keep the mothership. And Jack's like, nope, not going to do that this time. The There's a whole bunch of scientists back at the SGC who are very excited to get a look at this thing. Uh, Jacob reminds him of the whole retro retrofitted death glider incident. And Jack's like, yeah, I, I know. I remember it. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remember it. Uh, well. Yes. And that, you know, it's too dangerous for the SGC to have this technology. And he's like, this, this like, this is me, Jacob saying this, not Selmac. So he's trying to mm-hmm. like really drive home. Like this is dangerous, but still no, not going to happen. And then, they get into a bit, a little spat, if you will, about like what the SGC has been doing with like killing all the system lords, and that from the Tok'ra perspective, it's maybe not so much of a good thing because they're creating this like power vacuum that like just makes the remaining ghoul become more powerful because they like absorb all of like the troops and everything that the dead system lord has left behind. And which I mean, I mean, look at what's going on with the Bothish right now. Like, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. see his point. Um, and Jacob's like, you know, the Tok'ra, we, we have a plan. It's maybe a slightly more long-term plan than what you're doing, but there is a plan. And it's basically to just like keep the ghoul like in fighting amongst themselves and everything. And like, it's working, but again, a little slower than just going out and killing everybody. But it is a plan. <laughs> They're yeah. not just wheeling about, you know, yeah, whatever. It, the- proper response to that is you know what would be awesome about that plan if you told it to us (laughs) from both of them from both sides you know what would be awesome is if we communicated with each other they're supposed to be allies and yet they hardly ever actually act like it i know it's It's just nutty it's nutty it is so back with Tanith, he taunts one of the guards by saying he'll kill Hebron, his host, if they like don't let him go or whatever. But he obviously just gets ignored. So he kind of like closes his eyes and like concentrates and then falls to the ground. And he kind of like has a seizure or something. I don't know exactly what he's doing, if he's like completely faking it or if he did actually do something to Hebron. Who knows? Um, so, you know, I'm one of the guards. He's totally faking it. Like 100% faking it. Totally. totally. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the guards calls is like, the prisoner has collapsed. So um, 
so they let down, they're ordered to lower the shield to head in and like check on him. And luckily there is one of the Chokra standing there, like with his at at the ready as the other one goes in to check on him and he finds no pulse, but Hey, surprise Tannis is faking it, reaches up and starts choking the guard who was there to like check his pulse and stuff. So, so I wonder how that scene actually played out then, because why didn't the other guy with his at shoot him? Yeah. I was Tannis able to like maneuver that guard in the way to take the zat blast and then get that guard's zat and fire back. Yeah, uh, yeah they cut they cut Maybe. too soon on that one. Yeah, I do. There was something interesting mentioned in the commentary that so that female Tokra who maybe tends to kind of be the one in charge and orders them to like lower the shield to like go in and check on him to because you know save the host is important to the Tokra uh, was just like a background extra and was like sort of given that part on the day because they mentioned like the other actors and I think they mean like from the main cast were supposed to be there but something in the filming schedule didn't line up right so they weren't able to be there so she kind of got bumped up on the spot to actually have lines so I wonder if that whatever led to that maybe contributed to having to rework the scene a little bit and us not seeing the full thing of what happened Oh, maybe because soon. something else was supposed to happen, but then it couldn't because filming. Yeah. Oh, so she got the Hollywood treatment of you, you there. Go, Go come here. <laughs> Say these lines. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, I, I thought she did great for like, just die here. Stay, go walk there and say these. Yeah. yeah I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. So in the council room, we learned that all of the supplies have been loaded on board the mothership and it's time to start getting all the Tok'ra up there when an alarm sounds and Jacob comes running in to tell them that Tanith has escaped. Yay. What? what? I am so surprised. I know all of their expressions are like. <sighs> you can think you can, you can hear Jack thinking, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a quick cut to Tanith up on the surface, sort of like running across the sand dunes. He then stops by like a, lo- a big log that's just sitting there, starts digging, and we see him uncover a very small gold communication sphere. So, mm. uh, we then cut to Jack, Tilk, and some Tokra up on the surface looking for Tanith. Tilk is pretty sure he couldn't have gotten through the gate with how heavily it's guarded. Jack's like, mm, really? I don't know about that. Um, but Tilt's going to keep looking just in case. So Jack and a couple of, of the other Tok'ra uh, go to head back down. And we get one of my favorite funny moments of they just, because the rings are just buried in sand. And so they just kind of go stand on a patch of sand. And Jack's like, how do you know where the rings are? I have always wondered that, too. I'm so happy that somebody finally said it. <laughs> I came up with the theory. I came up with an idea. I yeah. haven't looked. I don't know if this is out there, but you know, like Sam now has Naquita in her blood, so she can like sense other Gould and like symbiotes and like use Gould technology, which requires Naquita. So if there's Naquita in the rings, there's probably just some kind of like tingly sense of like, oh, here is the Naquita, and they just mm. go to where the tingle is the strongest and stand there, so it's like. So the Naquita is now like a general spidey sense of other yes. Naquita. It's the, fo- it, it's, it's the force. Okay. The Naquita force. The Naquita force. Okay. That's my theory. That's All what right. I think. I mean, I got nothing else, so sure. Okay. Does anybody, out, any, anybody else out there have theories about how the Joker know where to stand? It just in, in the sand? 
Yeah. That would be not, let us know because mm -hmm. we love theories. Um, so back down in the tunnels, Daniel greets Jack as he reappears. And apparently we do learn that they were like up looking around on the surface for several hours. And so Jack lets Daniel know that like Tilk is still going. So they then had to meet up with Sam and Jacob who bring them up to speed with what's been going on down here. And they know that Tanith was able to contact Apophis. And so now like Apophis's fleet is on the way. So they've decided to send the Tok'ra through the gate to evacuate and not leave on the ship because they've come up with quite a bonkers plan to take out Apophis and his fleet. This uh, is the scene I love. This is, and this comes back so many times over the years. Um, they want to blow up Vorash's son. And right. from here on out, Sam Carter is the woman who blew up a son. <laughs> Remember that because it comes back like all the time. All the time. I just, I love how she's explaining it. And she's like first, you know, describing, you know, the sciencey part of it. And then she's just like, we want to blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, we're going to blow it up. And so how they're going to do that is they're going to dial P3W451, which is that planet with the black hole from a matter of time. And they'll basically then jettison the gate from the mothership, like into the sun. And, it, you know, if, if the gate is able to connect and the black hole effect is still happening, it will start sort of like pulling matter from the sun into the black hole, which will disrupt the balance between the internal fusion explosion and the mass that gives it like the gravity because stars work by very delicate balance between those two things, I think, according to Sam. <laughs> and when like that balance gets offset, then you get the supernova. Yay. And it will basically destroy the entire star system in a matter of minutes. Jack's a little iffy on the plan and they do let him know that he has the final say since I guess the ship is technically under his command at this point because it's the property of the SGC. Oh, yeah. If you will. Yeah. Um, so uh, he does eventually say yes after Sam assuring him that, like, you know, this system is abandoned. There's, there's no other inhabited planets here. And this is probably, like, the only chance they'll have to completely wipe out Apophis. So, okay, let's go blow up a sun. Yay! Hey, uh, Daniel finds Tilk to tell him about the new plan, but Tilk already knows. And we see Tilk is quite upset with himself, though, for, like, not being able to avenge Sharnok's death by killing Tanith. And Daniel's like, well, Tanith is going to die, so don't worry. Like, that's fine. I mean, maybe you didn't do it, but he is still going to die. But Tilk is like, I, Tilk really wants to just, like, kill Tanith with his own, like, bare hands, if you will. And basically, if he does manage to find Tanith before it's time to, like, start the plan, he he, he will do that. He will kill Tanith, like, mm -hmm. with his own hands. So right. it's, a, it's a Jaffa revenge thing, I think. I like how that's said multiple times. Yeah. Jaffa revenge thing. It's, ah, a, it's a Jaffa okay. revenge. Um, yeah. So the Togra have all been evacuated, so it's time to go, and they're up on the mothership. And Jack decides he's taking the throne and, like, hops up on it like a little kid calling shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they start, you know, flying towards the sun and stuff. And Jack asks if Apophis will have any, like, warning about what's going on, like, about the sun exploding. And they're like, no, because once they get close enough to see that Vorish is deserted, it'll be too late to get away. Because once the sun goes, it's just like, Poof. so no warning for Apophis. That's all fine. Explosions. Yep. Yes. 
so down in the cargo hold, Jack and Sam are getting the gate prepped for launch. It's able to connect to P3W451, which is really good news. So they get Yay. it ready and off it goes. And it's kind of cool. That there's these little like thrusters on the gate that they put on it to like get it out. Get it in the right space. direction. Yeah. In, head in the right direction, which is cool. And like Sam looks a little nervous and she's like, that, it, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. I just, you know, I've never blown up a star before. So, <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, yeah. This, this is quite a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mothership is sort of like hovering near the sun and we see the gate heading off on its path when an Al Kesh uncloaks. And this is the first appearance of this sort of class of Gould ship, this little like sort of mid mid range fighter, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a bit bigger than a glider, but so I think it's like glider, cargo ship, Al Kesh, mothership, I think mm-hmm. is sort of how size goes. And so the Alkesh starts firing at them. Uh, Till catch to the weapons console, which is like pops up out of the floor, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, their shields are down and it's sort of taking a minute to get the weapons charged and ready. And, but they do get up there. They start firing at each other. And unfortunately, the Alkesh does manage to like make a direct hit and takes out their engines. And so they have like no power. Nothing's working. Uh, they did manage to get a direct hit on the Alkesh as well, so hopefully it's, like, as damaged as they are, but also, who the hell is in that ship? We don't know, like, it can't be Apophis, he's too far away, so where did the ship come from, and who is in it? We don't know. Ah, so many questions. Yes. So, Jacob starts, like, head out to, like, go check on the engines, and Jack's like, there's still an Alkesh out there, and it's like, there's no power, Jack. Like, nothing works. There's no shields, there's no weapons, like... What, do you want to do you want to just sit there until the sun explodes like do you expect them to like not repair the ship i don't yeah. i was a little confused by that whole conversation um because yeah as jacob says is like if the sun explodes meh. not good so, for anybody like they need to get the ship operational so they can at the very least get the heck out of dodge and jack is still hung up on like well what about the alkesh and then he's like wait this ship has gliders right yes gliders so Jack and Tilk head off towards the glider bay and get in uh, and it approaches the Alkesh and it is just sort of like it appears also to have no power and like is quite badly damaged. And so the glider starts to power up their weapons when suddenly the Alkesh like gets its engines back online and starts heading for Vorash. So Tilk is like, Tilk is like, we, we got to go that way. And Jack's like, I don't like this plan, but. Again, Tilk is just Jaffa revenge thing. I must go kill Tanith. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it is a very good assumption that the Alkesh is going for Tanith. Uh, so Jack lets everybody on the mothership know what's going on and what they're doing. And Sam's like, you have like less than an hour before the sun explodes. So make a snack. Get on. Yep. Let's go. Kill faster. So, yes. Uh, so up on the mothership, Jacob needs Sam's help with the hyperdrive. So Daniel has command of the Peltac. And he's like, what, 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 I, what? He's like, just, just stand, just stand there. It's all you yeah. need to do, Tim. Just stand yeah. there. Which is all he's been doing for this whole episode is just standing there. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Jack and Tilk have caught up to the Alkesh. They start a little like sort of dog fight with each other and down on Vorash. Tanith is able to see the two ships fighting and they're kind of like heading like right towards him. So he starts running off lest he be killed in the crash. Uh, the glider, does manage to take out the Alkesh. Unfortunately, 
the glider was also damaged, like, because it seemed, was it just like too close to the Alkesh and the explosion of the Alkesh also damaged the glider, I think? Basically, yeah, think so. yeah. yeah it knocked, it knocked yeah. out something until it kind of couldn't pull up. So they also end up crashing into the planet. Jack radios right. a mayday. Daniel radios to Jacob and Sam to let them know that something not great is happening with Jack and Tilk. He's not quite sure what. He just got a mayday. And that's all. Good news, like Jacob and Sam have managed to get like the main power back on. So they have like weapons and shields and sublight engines. But the hyperdrive is still fried. So they have to like reroute power around that. And Sam's like, we have to go back for Jack and Tilk. And Jacob's like, we can't. I'm the only one who can fly the ship. And I also have to do the hyperdrive stuff. And Sam's like... Hi, I am super smart too. Tell me what to do while you go fly the ship. <laughs> tell like me what to part. do, Dad. It'll be fine. So Jacob heads back up there to get them on their way to Vorash. So Jack and Tilk are alive and mostly well on Vorash. We see Jack has like a little cut that's bleeding in like the corner of his eye, but otherwise they seem to be like okay for just okay. having crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tilk believes that they have to be close to the Toker base as the Elkesh was going to pick up Tanith. So if they start heading there, they can then use the rings to get back on board the mothership, which for some reason, Jack seems to doubt that his team would be on the way to get them, which, um, no, of course they're coming to get you, Jack. This is, this is what you do. You go rescue each other. Um, Tilk's like, yeah, no, mm -mm. no, they're coming. I'll take that bet. And (laughs) then we get the other funny line of of Jack going, this is the last time I helped somebody move. Yes. I like that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so up in space, hey, guess what? Apophis is here! Wow. Yay! Oh, wait, no, that's not, that's not yay. Uh, he's early. He's early. Uh, Oops. that's, that's bad. Um, so this means that Vorash right now is surrounded by Apophis's ships, so Grunas' mothership that Jacob and their, and all them are on can't go and rescue Jack and Tilk. At least, you know, not right now. So, yes. uh, Jacob is going to put them... Uh, here, 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 here's my pun for the episode. Ready for this? Jacob's going to put them on the dark side of the sun. Uh, Sorry. So, so they won't be spotted and try to like figure out a way to maybe bide some time. But like, he's, he's not abandoning Jack and Tilk. Don't worry. Like they're going to come up with a plan. They just need to like go hide for a minute. I like how he actually said that too. Like, no, that's not what we're doing. We just have to figure this out. Yes. Yep. Uh, so Jack and Tilk are walking along Vorash while Jack is still complaining about how he said this was all just, this is all a bad idea. You didn't want to do this in the first place. Well, it's too late. And we've got about 45 minutes until the sun blows up and well, yeah, at least Tanith is going to die. So yay, yay. that. Um, on another part of Vorash, we see two Jaffa ring down to pick up Tanith. And apparently Apophis is very grateful for his service and Tanis is like, maybe there's something else Apophis could be grateful for. Hmm. Yes, this is where he needed a very, like, curly mustache to, yeah. to stroke while he's saying, maybe there's something else we can be yeah. thankful for. Yes. Uh, up on the mothership, the hyperdrive repairs have been completed. Yay! Yay! Way to go, smart people. Yay, smart people. So Jack and Tilk have reached the area where the Toker rings should be when they're attacked. Tilt gets hit and back with a staff blast and he goes down. Jack runs for cover, starts returning fire. He does get both of those Jaffa, but is hit with a zap blast and manages to shake it off very quickly, somehow. Conveniently. Conveniently. 
Um, not quickly enough, though, because Tannis shows up and he and Tilk get ringed up to Apophis' ship. But J- Jack does manage to like, kind of like wing Tannis in the shoulder before the rings get in the way. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, uh, Tilk is now on Apophis' ship with Tannis. So and that's... may or may not be dead. May or may not be dead. Yeah, it's it's a little unclear at this point. Yeah, that was that was a that was a definite definite square on shot to the back. Yeah. Um. So the gate is now in the sun. So the clock is at 27 minutes, and they're still not heading to Forash though. They can't because Abathus's fleet is still in the way. And Sam's like, we got to do something. We can't just like sit here and do nothing. And then Jacob's like, well, if Apophis wants the Chokra. Let's give him the chokra. And at first I was like, what does that mean? I know, I didn't know what he was going to be doing with that one either. I didn't catch up to the plane until I saw, oh, that's, okay. Which we'll get to in a second. Anyway, um, so on Apophis' ship, Apophis is, you know, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. He does tell Apophis that the chokra unfortunately managed to get away. Although I think Tanith thinks the chokra are all in the ship. I don't think he knows about them going through the gate by what he says, I think. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then, hey, Tanith has a present for Apophis as, as to Javah drag in the dead slash unconscious Dilk. And Apophis is very, is very pleased to see the Shulva again in his presence. I saw this scene and I was just thinking, how many times has this happened? So many. Like, I have a present for you and they present Tilk and then. (laughs) It's it's been a lot. Too many. (laughs) Too many. It's been glorious. A glorious yeah. number. Yeah. Um, so uh, back with Jacob and all them up on the mothership, uh, Jack, Jacob has managed to turn on some kind of remote guidance with the gliders and like sends them all out into space, which apparently I think if I'm interpreting what they said on the commentary correctly, those are all like miniature models and not like visual oh, effects. Really? Like like the background oh, right. is like visual effecty, but and I don't know if they're all if they are all models or if they just made a few and then like replicated them. But yeah. there was, I believe, some model work done with this glider scene. That's fun. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So Apophis's ship picks up the gliders and he orders the fleet to head after them. When they get near, they are sadly able to detect that there are no life signs and they were tricked. Ha ha. Gotcha. Uh, and then they also spot Jacob's, or, well, Cronus's mothership heading towards Vorash. And once that mothership is in range, Daniel radios for Jack. Uh, he's like, I think I'm in position. And Daniel's like, if you're, like, Daniel starts to say something like, if you're not, it can't. Jack's just like, get me off this planet. Like, get me out of here. We have to go. Yeah. He's like, he's over it. Um, so uh, it is time to go. We see the sun start to explode. Destroying Vorash, heading towards Apophis's fleet. Jacob manages to get the ship into hyperspace, and they're going when they're apparently hit by the blast wave from the sun. They get knocked out of hyperspace. Uh, Jack and Daniel enter the Peltac, and Sam asks where Tilk is, and Jack is pretty sure that uh, Tilk is dead. And Jacob's like, well, if he's on Apophis's ship, yeah, it's, it's not, look, the odds aren't in his favor. Not, no. no. And Sam is immediate like, we have to go back. Jacob's like, I don't think we can do that. Um, because we seem to be four million light years away from where we're supposed to be and are now in a completely different galaxy. 
And it will take them 125 years to get home. Fantastic. To which Jack looks at his watch when Jacob says 125 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so I did some math to figure out, like, because four million, four million light years, like, what like what does that mean? Like, what does that's, that mean? It's, okay. Um, so a couple little facts. So the Milky Way galaxy itself is 100,000 light years across. Like, to get from one side of the Milky Way to the other is 100,000. The Andromeda galaxy, which is our, a lot of astronomers say is sort of the nearest galaxy. There's some, meh, but um, that's 2 million light years away. Mm-hmm. Now for some like actual numbers. So they are 4 million light years away. One light year is 6 trillion, trillion miles. Oh, so 4 million light years is the distance to the moon and back approximately 50 trillion times. That's a lot. That's a lot. They're very far away. Very, very far away. Uh, and oh, uh, Apophis is here now, too. Uh, that was a sweet little gem at the end. Yes. To be continued. Mm. Yes. It's it's the bittersweet of like, yay, maybe we can get Tilk. God damn it, won't he ever die? <laughs> Can't, yeah. can't but it's, we get to break just once? But yay, too. I, I know it's like yay. They're, they're sort of like yay. Apophis is here because maybe if Apophis is here, that means Tilk is here, and we we can save Tilk. But god damn it, why is Apophis here? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why can't he ever die? Why can't he just die? I don't know. Because it's not in the script. Nope. Not yet. Anyway. No. Soon. Um, one final fun fact uh, this episode was nominated for a primetime Emmy for outstanding visual effects for a series oh fun it did not win it lost to the Star Trek Voyager episode Endgame okay which I didn't watch Voyager so I I am not familiar with I did but I did not remember that episode surprise I did I don't remember that one specifically it's okay but at least it at least it lost out to another sci-fi Yes. In the Starverse. Yeah. Star things. Yay, Star things. <laughs> okay. Um, do, do you have any memos for this week? Uh, my memo for this week is, yes, of course the prisoner's going to try to escape. Idiots. Put that yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. Okay. Because so prisoner is a sneaky <laughs> bastard. Yep. I mean, he's he's a spy. Of course, yeah. he's a sneaky bastard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the episode this week, Exodus, uh, one of the definitions is a departure of a large number of people. I oh. think that qualifies as an appropriate title for this episode. And no, uh, uh, all the foreign territories are also just Exodus. So nothing mm. really fun nah. there. Well, already then. Yes. Okay. So um, final thoughts this week. I liked this one. Me too. That is yeah. good. I thought some of the shots were pretty cool. Like, yeah, the special effects, mm-hmm. especially, obviously, for the sun explosion was really yeah. cool. But I thought it was interesting how when they were showing, like, the end shot of them coming out of hyperspace and, and mm-hmm. wondering where they were. Like, they, it was on Sam and Jacob the whole time. There yeah. There wasn't any external indication of what happened. And I thought that was a really interesting camera choice. I liked it. Yeah. So yeah, some of the shots and everything in this in this episode were neat. 
Yeah. Um, apparently, one of the things is, uh, regarding the special effects, is, uh, so when they're, like, in in the briefing room telling um, Daniel and Jack that they want to blow up the sun, and there's, like, that sort of hovering image of the sun, that is the same visual effect when we actually see the sun out in space later. It's, it's the same sun. Oh, just used bigger. in different ways. Yeah. Oh, fun. I like it's it. It's, like, the same visual effects file. So, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I always like hologram special effects. They're really pretty neat. Yes. Especially when Jack tries to, like, poke it, which he didn't do in this episode, but it's like, that had to be fun for the visual effects people <laughs> whenever Richard decides to play with stuff that's not there. To try and poke the things. Yeah. We need a Jack stop, t- Jack stop touching things in there. <laughs> no, we need a Rick stop touching things. <laughs> <laughs> but right. also, he's one of the executive producers, so you can't really say that. Yeah. <laughs> So he gets to do what he wants. He can do whatever he wants. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll just maintain Daniel. Stop touching the things. Yeah. 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 Okay. But no, I liked this one. I thought it was good. Yeah. To be continued, as always. Ah. I know. I'm glad I didn't have to go go through this live. I could just go from DVD to DVD. So. I know. I'm, nice. I am not good with to be continues. In the days of streaming, if I know that the end episode is going to be a to be continued. I will, I will wait until I can see what's next because I, I do not do well with cliffhangers. Yeah. But there was a time when you just had to. I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. The time is not now and I'm okay with it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Nope. What did you think? I, I like it too. This is definitely like up there for me. For this season, although I wish it had more Daniel, although I don't know what Daniel could really do. Daniel got <laughs> plenty of episodes this season, though. Yeah, there wasn't much for Daniel to do this week, which knocks it down maybe like a little bit, but it's mm. still like it's in the upper half for sure mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Guess we'll find out if it made the top five next week. Yay! Yes, because so uh, so next week we will be doing our season four wrap up episode. So uh, let us know on like Twitter or Instagram or email if you have any like lingering questions for us about this season, any like episode in particular, just sort of general season questions, or like if there's topics you want us to discuss, let us know. Uh, You can find us on Twitter for now at SG underscore rewatch and also on Instagram with the same handle. Our email is W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for our season four wrap-up. Bye. Bye.